Hello and welcome to Thriving on the Spectrum, the podcast dedicated to empowering and supporting young adults with autism on their journey towards a fulfilling life. I'm your host, Arpita Mohan, and together we'll explore invaluable insights, expert advice, and personal stories that shed light on the unique opportunities and challenges young adults with autism encounter. So if you're a parent, caregiver, friend, or ally, Join us as we explore possibilities to help young adults with autism thrive. Today, as part of our series of episodes on long-term planning for codependent living among autistic adults, we are joined by the team at CLAPS. First, we have Chandrasekhar Rao and Sanjay Rao Bantwal. They are parent leaders and the force behind CLAPS. We also have Arvind. He's a special citizen. He likes typing and supports his father in maintaining the library at CLAPS. Hi Sanjay, Chandrasekhar and Arvind. We are extremely excited to have you on our episode today. Hi Arvita. I've heard a lot about CLAPS, but I think it would be great to hear it from you. So Chandrasekhar, why don't you tell us a little bit more about CLAPS and the reason why you all got together? More so, why did you start this venture? Sure, Arvita. As a parent, I have a 27-year-old boy having autism, he's non-verbal. And uh, we detected uh, he having autism when I was overseas. I was in China. I was flying high, working in overseas and uh, expatriate status. When I came to know that I have only two options left with me, either I uh, continue my life there and earn money or I return immediately to India and get him exposed only to two languages and give him early intervention. That's how my journey started on autism. With a great heart, heavy heart, I returned uh, to India. And uh, we started taking him through various therapies. But as uh, you know, there are many people uh, were not aware of it. The awareness was not there back then. I'm talking of 2000. So people are telling you take this therapy, that therapy, the Ayurvedic therapy. And we were running pillar to post, take my son everywhere. We didn't want to leave any stones unturned. So we went on going to do all these uh, kind of therapies and uh, going to various uh, worshipping places. But uh, we did not have a stable mind. So uh, we didn't know what to do. But uh, since he was a boy and he was a young boy, we were also happy and uh, there were neighbors and friends, relatives, everything. Ah, he's a small boy. Don't worry about it. It's like a passing cloud. You don't have to worry about this boy. But something, fear slowly started coming into us that what will happen because uh, the exposure here was not there on autism. And uh, finally, after when he was about eight years old, we happened to uh, get a special school admission for him after uh, one year. First when we went, they didn't take him because he was very hyperactive running about here and there. So the principal told uh, you, please come after one year, let him cool down a bit. Let him at least sit for half an hour. That should be good enough. Then after next year, we went there and we got him admitted. Then we started meeting other parents and everyone had the same story like us. And as the boy started growing old, then uh, when he became into his teens, that's when the problem became even more severe. Uh, that he had uh, the, uh, as an youngster, he had issues of his own and we didn't know how to, you know, handle those situations. And in school, they said, uh, after 16, 17, it's very difficult for us to uh, take care of your son. Uh, Generally, after 16, 17, for any person with autism or a special child. So it's better you take him into some vocational training or we ourselves in school will start some vocational center for him. So the school started a vocational center and he was going to the vocational center. But there was very limited choice. Then again, we thought what will happen to the boy after us? Then this went on and uh, because slowly the friends, relatives, everyone were trying to only say hi and they were trying to visit, but not much of encouragement. 
uh, then awareness of uh, autism started improving in india and uh, people started knowing what autism is and that's when you know there was encouragement but uh, whatever was certain then end of the day when we used to come home and sit we were wondering what will happen to our son after us so this went on in many number of parents and we thought nf is nf because the boy was getting around 21 years then we thought we should do something that's how clap started forming with uh, three core uh, team persons who purchased a land about 8 acres and uh, uh, we, uh, we also went there we saw the presentations there was no pushing anybody to join claps it was just a open uh, welcome telling that if you want this what we are going to do and we heard that uh, this claps is uh, has been started only for children like us and it's limited to only about 48 50 parents claps the expansion of claps is community living association for parents of special citizens the name itself was catchy and the uh, thing the logo of the claps was uh, very uh, interesting and uh, the top of it there was something solution given for after us which we really liked so the basically the claps uh, agenda was uh, the child will be taken care after the parents so there will be an uh, where parents also can live together with the child in one campus and uh, we can all take care as parents it will be a mostly a parent driven uh, society and you know in the present world the safety is a big issue for children and uh, for uh, uh, teenage boys and girls you know taking them out for some routines or uh, you know if you want to keep in vocational training it becomes expensive and also we don't know how to approach it in a more scientific way and systematic way so claps what we parents got together is let's run this institution as a parents driven institution and all of us are having nearly the same kind of issues maybe different levels of uh, autism for uh, boys or girls but uh, you know autism each child is unique so then we started building the claps brick by brick and uh, there we are now after 5 years of inception 2018 the idea was born uh, after purchasing the land and here we are sitting in 2023 after one year of operations that's really awesome and i love the whole idea behind it and the vision and the story it's really really nice to like hear the rationale and how you came to it i mean now that you've identified this whole idea you've decided that you wanted to go ahead with you know creating this community living for parents and for their children um sanjay could you kind of take us through the steps of forming this community yeah uh it is a big story arpita uh, the story is very long but i want to cut it short uh see first actually the founders uh, you know three of us joined together uh, in a special institution and uh, since we all had the same idea uh, you know uh, that we have to find a solution for our children after our lives we joined together and then we started forming group around us a whatsapp group so we had collected a lot of parents into this and then we started creating identities for the mission that we are going to do identities by identities i mean the organization that we want this whole project to go so we created the identities and association and a uh, llp company and then we moved forward looking for a land so we would have seen about 200 sites before finalizing on the land that we selected just now and we wanted to know from the parents who are around us what is the infrastructure they need in a land as well as inside the land 
So where do they need the land and what do they need inside the land? So this was our next question to all the parents around us. And we made a list, a wish list of, uh, you know, all these things. Then we started moving forward, going to every special institution, popular special institution, giving presentations of what we are having and what we want to do and what we will approximately give because we were not sure exactly what we can give because all the parents have to contribute their ideas to really give the full idea. And this presentation led to a lot of parents joining and then started the process of construction and then started parents started moving in, well, I mean, coming into this uh, collapse idea gradually. So the construction was going on and parents were joining. It's not that actually all, uh, all 48 parents that we have right now are, are not at the beginning. It was a gradual flow. The construction was moving and the parents were joining. It is like that. And uh, of course, construction is over. And today, it's one year since we have occupied uh, this uh, complex and living here. And now collapse is a reality. Oh, that's really beautiful. And the fact that you looked at so many like venues just to sort of like figure it out in the plots, it looks like a lot of effort has been put into it. It's so much detail, so much thought that was given to it. So I would imagine there were also maybe some challenges or roadblocks that you could have faced as well as you were going through all of this. So switching over to you, um, Chandrasekhar, were there like a lot of challenges that you saw? And if you did, like how did you work towards addressing the challenges along the way? Yeah, yes, sir, Pita. Uh, we had a lot of challenges. Like uh, what Sanjay had said, we had the land with us. We had the parents coming in, 50% of them joining. But we didn't know how to go about this. So the core team, uh, Sanjay and uh, Elango and uh, Guru, Guru Murthy, they said, uh, they gave a free hand to me. They said, okay, since you are a civil engineer, you form a subcommittee with the parents who are available and you decide what is the layouts we need. You can go and visit institutions. You can take the feedback from other parents, your own experience. What exactly do we need and how do we put this layout? That's how I formed a subcommittee, about uh, five, six parents. We all got together. And we started uh, brainstorming on what do we need? Uh, are parents going to stay with the kids or they're going to be separately? Because this was a concept first time in the world. We, d we don't have any such uh, community living anywhere where we could uh, you know, go and see the community and understand and take the best part from that. So what we did is uh, we started listing out what we exactly need for our uh, children and how do we do the vocational training? How do we place them? What kind of rooms they need? What kind of uh, rooms, uh, houses do we need? We started looking into various things and we went to a couple of institutions uh, to see the residential areas. But uh, one of them was only the children staying as a hostel. All facilities provided, including CCTV, open area, everything. So we learned what are the best parts we can take from there and what are things where we can improve. And we went to another kind of institution where the parents were staying with the children but at the same time, there was no separate block for the children. Uh, there was no separate activities for children. And it was also under construction. So when we came back and we discussed among ourselves based on the feedback, what we got from various parents on the subcommittee on the layouts, we decided that, okay, we will have uh, villas for us to start with, for the parents. Then one of the uh, core team member, Elango, said, let's not use the land for parents. Because we have already lived our lives. 
the more open space we give for the children it will be of greater benefit for the children for the movement and for the improvement because we are looking at after us after us means the children should be comfortable so uh, we, let's not go for villas let's go for uh, just a small uh, two bedroom apartments so what we did is we again uh, redesigned and we took out the villas instead of occupying about two acres or eight acres of land we just tried to occupy one acre wherein we went for uh, blocks for us two bedroom apartments so for the 48 uh, parents we uh, designed some simple two bedroom apartments uh, in four blocks having four apartments in each floor so that gives in each apartment uh, uh, 12 uh, flats 12 into 4 48 flats for the parents at one end of the uh, premises what we did is uh, we planned for the children at the other end of the premises uh, so it's a separate block in itself and uh, we had a small uh, you know uh, feeling among ourselves our children are never going to go to university so why don't we design the uh, layout for the children the block look like a university from a distance so at least we'll be happy saving from our uh, residential unit that they are studying or staying in the university so we uh, went for a, uh, a design of a big building uh, where it has a ground floor first floor and second floor and what we decided is we'll not keep the uh, children on the special citizens on the ground floor for various reasons because in case there's a flood we have to evacuate the special citizens it'll be very difficult for them to understand and for us also to evacuate number 1 number 2 is the control of the children will be very difficult if they suddenly run out in the night or in the morning we may not be aware of it though we plan to have cctvs and third is uh, being a open area with a lot of uh, bushes and trees around uh, we thought okay that could be some even uh, some uh, insects or something getting into the house easily so that can be prevented so for these reasons we decided let's have the first floor and second floor children now for the layout for the children we thought we'll give them individual rooms so like a house so we planned four rooms per flat which are at the four corners of the flat which will give them excellent ventilation uh, breeze and into the room and we decided uh, we'll give a very comfortable uh, room for each uh, uh, boy or a girl which will be about 12 by 12 feet and uh, attached bathroom and a small balcony for them and a cupboard and these four rooms open up into a central hall wherein the caregiver can stay in the hall and uh, view the children and the central hall will have the facilities of a tv and a sofa where the children can come out and uh, relax and also if the children have to go out they need to go to the hall and then leave the uh, flat so in that way there will be control for the children not going out without any permission from the caregiver this was the basic idea and we created big white corridors so that when they move about they will uh, when they rush they don't have to worry about tripping or falling out and there'll also be good ventilation and view for the children standing in the corridor and in the ground floor instead of leaving the ground floor as it is what we decided is we'll have them as vocational trainings without any internal it's basically ground floor is a uh, print of the first floors and second floor but we removed all the internal walls or we didn't create any internal walls so that we can have uh, huge rooms so there are seven buildings we got seven huge halls with us so we kept five for vocational training and uh, one for medical center and one for uh, rooms wherein we can accommodate some other uh, you know guests or any coming uh, that way we planned or teachers can stay there and for vocational training uh, what I'm we did is because of children are very smart we didn't want them to get a feeling that they come from first floor and second floor and just walk into vocational training so we kept the openings of the vocational training at the back side 
So what the basically children have to do is they have to come down by the lift or by staircase, go roundabout, and then enter the uh, VOC, what we call as vocational training. We call the residential living for the children as RL, which is residential living. And where parents are staying, we called as FDU, family dwelling units. And uh, we got a medical center. And we kept the common facilities in the center of the uh, community, which is a dining hall or a canteen with attached kitchen. And we have got a dormitory wherein uh, the cook and uh, the other people who want to stay can, be, can stay there. And we have got CCTVs everywhere, all around, including the rooms of the children. So in that way, the child gets a privacy. And we have a CCTV center where parents, if they want to see the child with the caregiver, they can also, also go there and see it. And we have not kept any hard and fast rule that child has to stay there. Because our intention is the uh, life after us. So we need to give them the skills to acquire for them to live independently after us. So that's what we're teaching them. We are not kept any hard and fast rule. You know, the children, sometimes some children accept staying in the residential living alone with the caregiver. Some children do not accept. So there are combinations wherein some children are staying with the parents, but go for some time and stay in the residential living and then come to the canteen. Some children are staying with the parents in the residential living. Some children are staying with one-to-one. -one we have a facility, either one-to-one -one caregiver or two children shared with one caregiver and they can stay there. So that's how we designed this, uh, which gives more movement for the children and their health. Wow. I mean, just, yeah, just listening to this, it sounds like every aspect of it was so well thought out, like every little detail was, you know, considered the factors that you need to think about. I mean, just listening to, I don't think I've ever thought about something this much. So, I mean, it just shows how much effort and, you know, consideration has gone into coming up with claps and really making it what it is today. So that's really, really great to hear. Um, asking you the next question, Sanjay. So um, curious to know how you went about with financing this project uh, financing this is a total parent funded project so there is no funding from government or any other source so uh, it was a, a challenge how we ran this project uh, pumping in finance exactly at every point of this project because uh, you know, the whole project has to be constructed. The land has to be uh, procured. At every point, we needed the finance. It was a godsend, uh, you know, a sequence that as and when money was needed, members started coming in and we started financing it. Now, we initially had take a, took a small amount of 1 lakh, token of 1 lakh from the parents, initial parents who came in. And then after we wanted to pay the for the land we took some more money like that we started collecting in parts so as the project was moving we started collecting part by part and uh, in fact uh, to speak about the uh, time it took from the date we started talking about this till we got into the community we can say approximately five years uh, maybe we lost a year due to covid uh, the progress was very slow but uh, it took about uh, five years and all the parents uh, made payments in small, small amounts whenever the money was needed. And that is how the whole project came into being. So this is the way it was financed. Okay, wow. Well, that sounds really great that it's all like parent funded. I mean, that's amazing to be where it is as well right now.
I mean, speaking, we've spoken everything about the backstory, about how it came into fruition. Now that we're here, it claps and it's functional. Just curious to understand how the residents engaged. Now, uh, by residents, I understand our wonderful special adults who live in the residential living unit. Uh, now, every day uh, is packed with activities. So in the morning, they wake up, they brush their teeth, do their basic you know, needs, take care of their basic needs. And then they go to the uh, uh, canteen, they have a cup of coffee, then walk to the garden or the farm. They do some farming and gardening. They have their breakfast. They take some uh, break, go take a bath. Then they come back to the vocational center. At around 9.30, 10 o'clock, they are in the vocational center. They do activities in the vocational center. At around 12, 12.30, they go for lunch, have their lunch, take some rest, and then come back to the vocational center once again. In the evening, actually, they have generally art, music, recreation, health, uh, you know, physical, uh, you know, uh, activities. And then uh, around 5, 4.35, they are out. And uh, we have a long uh, pathways, corridors are there. They do different playing like, you know, ball games or, you know, cricket or uh, cycling, skating. All these activities go on in the evening before they go to uh, have their dinner at 7 o'clock. They have the dinner and then one hour they take wander around, wander about and go to bed early. So this is the schedule for the day. And they are they are full of act, full with filled with activities. I should say, they never a moment they are free. Of course, no activity is given to them out of pressure. They do it with their willingness. Each one does whatever activity they are capable of and they are willing to do and they are, uh, you know, they are inclined to do. So gradually we take them around all the activities. No, I really love that point about, you know, not necessarily just, you know, getting them through all of those activities, but really building that interest. I think that's like a common theme we've been seeing to not just, you know, force them to do what they what they need to do, but rather see what they want to do. Uh, my follow up here is, could you elaborate a bit more about what kind of vocational activities um, you do at CLAPS? Inside, uh, there, there are two type of vocational activities, as I mentioned the gardening and farming form the uh, outdoor activities. So they uh, they pluck dried leaves from trees which are actually uh, growing around, and uh, they trim the garden uh, with uh, you know scissors, and then they pluck uh, weeds you know from the farm. So the we have some vegetable gardens. So uh, weeds keep on growing. So you need to maintain them. So for one hour, one and a half hours, they keep uh, dividing the place with support of an external vocational center, a vocational uh, trainer. And uh, they spend in the morning about one and a half hours in this activity. Now, indoor, after they come inside, they have activities like mat making. Uh, and then they have uh, some, you know, stole and scarf making. And then they have jewelry making. They have some, you know, activities which are like uh, kitchen needs a lot of vegetables for the daily cooking. So they send the vegetables to the vocational center and all the children cut. And uh, once a week, actually, there is a, uh, a, a some speciality that uh, mothers do. 
So like, for example, one week uh, we have a, uh, you know, a, a, some sandwich being served uh, in the evening. So, so the children do all the activities required to prepare the sandwich, like toasting or cutting the vegetables, making, preparing everything they do. Then, then it comes for sale and we buy the sandwich on, uh, from the you know, counter. So these are all we have made uh, to get activities within the campus itself so that they are engaged meaningfully and usefully also. So this is actually indoor vocational center. That sounds really great. And thank you for elaborating on that as well. I mean, that gives us a great idea as to what really is done at CLAPS. And yeah, I want to switch over to Arvind now and just get a bit of his thoughts as well as to his experience as a special citizen at CLAPS. Arvind, um, what do you like doing at the library? I like watching movies. Nice. Which movies do you like? I like uh, Shole. But it is not running here. That is the big problem. I haven't seen Shole, but I'll definitely give it a watch. Yes. Um, what else do you like to do? What activities I do you like? I love dancing. Nice. What's your favorite song to dance My to? My favorite song is Yedo City. Nice. That's a very nice song. I love that one too. Okay. Where do you are like you living? I'm in Toronto. You are living in? Uh, Toronto. Yeah. Where is that? In Canada. It is very far away. Yes, very, I very far away. I was going to Canada. I was you should in the US. Nice. Where in the US? Where? New Jersey. Nice. Nice. Do you dance at claps? No, I don't. I didn't get a chance. Do you... <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. So, would you like to dance there soon? No, no. The opportunity should come. Then I'll dance. Nice. That sounds good. Okay. Uh, do you do you like being at claps? Yes, I like living in claps. Nice. And what do you? What else do you do at claps? I do uh, dance also. I also have fun activities. What fun activities? Yoga and all. That's nice. Do you like yoga? I like yoga. Nice. And badminton also. Oh, nice. Do you enjoy badminton? Yes. I like the surroundings in class. What surroundings do you like, like there? Flowers and plants. Nice. They do you have decorated a... here. Nice. Do you have favorite flowers? Yes, but I don't uh, pluck them at all in the campus. I did campus cleaning. Nice. That's cool. That's cool. And what do you eat in claps at the canteen? I eat vadai. I love it's vadai. It's a item. But it's a very tasty one. So yes. <laughs> I like it too. I mean, what else do you like eating there? Bonda. Barthi. Nice. All the tasty ones. Yes. Do you have many friends in CLAPS? I have many friends. Who are your close friends? Krishna and uh, Balu. Nice. That's fun. Do you all play badminton together? No, we play cricket. I hit along the ground. Nice. Do you like batting or bowling? Batting. Nice. Do you watch cricket too? 
Yes, I follow IPL. Who's your favorite IPL team? Uh, India. Nice. Yeah. I like that. Thank you so much, Arvind. I did. Um, switching gears here, you have the parents also living here at Claps, and they they may not be staying with them in the RLs, but they do have their FTUs. So, curious to know what role do parents play at Claps as well? As I mentioned before, this is not only a parent-funded uh, organization; it is a parent-run organization. Uh, amongst the parents, we want to uh, want to make a feeling to the rest of the parents that there is no institution here. So we don't. Uh, there is administration, but there is no institution. So uh, we make them feel that there is no institution. It is their own place for the special adults as well as the parents. We took it took six months to really understand this is the need of the parents that they don't want an institution they want administration but not institution now uh, what do they do like for example right from the core committee we are all parents executive committee nine members are there they are all parents there are subcommittees uh, each uh, activity has a subcommittee to decide what to do they consult they are all parents then finally when you go to the vocational center there are about 9 to 10 volunteers parents uh, uh, women parents volunteering in the vocational center they come every day they support they give ideas they do so many things frequent meetings keep happening and uh, uh, they look for improvement preparation of the timetable uh, you know in every phase in fact uh, uh, one parent actually takes care of the library Uh, he uh, he does computers you know uh, children who are i mean special adults who are interested in computer typing he manages that part there is a parent uh, you know couple of uh, husband and wife uh, mr ilango and mrs ilango they take care of the kitchen total control of the kitchen so whatever happens in the kitchen they they are you know administrating that so it, it is a total from the gate to the rear it is totally parent run of course we have a lot of employees who support us and they are all they are doing a great amount of work right from the caregivers the maintenance people the you know uh, electrician plumbing all all those people who support us very very nicely that is why we are able to achieve whatever we are doing now that sounds awesome and really love how involved and how engaged the parents are as well in every aspect of claps it's really beautiful to hear that I mean I think this brings us towards the end of this episode but before we wind up I wanted to ask if you had any last thoughts that you would like to share Uh yes uh, Arpita I would like to share one thing I forgot that the main important point when I told that uh, after us we have a solution the solution is uh, we are going to have individual beneficiary trust opened for every child here and uh, we'll have a uh, claps association Uh, limited to taking care of the children after the parents uh, demise so what happens exactly is uh, it say uh, some uh, two parents they are after the life of the parents the child will be left alone in the rl so the flat will be sold to another new parents but the condition is it will be sold to another parents who have a special child so when they move in their special child would require a room in rl because our child is already there so we have kept enough of space for expansion of this rl so the uh, flats are only 48 for parents that is limited to 48 but the rl will keep expanding as and when requirement i just wanted to add this 
Well, thanks so much for sharing that. And I want to check with you, Sanjay, is there anything else you wanted to add? That's about it. I think uh, we we may need the whole day to talk more about <laughs> the class because uh, uh, it is there in our uh, every breath. So, but there is a limitation of time for anything. So, I think we have covered no. uh, most of it. No, I love that, and I'm pretty sure everyone would love to hear a lot more about every aspect of claps and. I mean, this was a really interesting conversation and I love all the insights and really the story behind CLAPS and how you've thought about it every step of the way. I'm really excited that it's up and running this year. And yeah, I think my biggest learning in our conversation today was just the amount of planning and intricate details that have been considered to build a different type of model for living arrangements for autistic individuals. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode filled with inspiration, support, and hope. On our next episode, we will be joined by the team at Cambridge and will cover topics related to the preparation for living independently of the family. Until next time, take care, stay positive, and keep thriving.